Hey you guys, well welcome to the Missing Peace Podcast. I'm Cruz Ramirez and this is Jared Neiman and we're so excited that you're tuning in. You know, we've been learning from this incredible book that Jared wrote called The Missing Peace. Now, before we jump into the episode today, I want to let you know you can find that book at jaredneiman.com slash themissingpeace. Promise you already, it's going to change your life. You know, today's episode, Jared, we're talking about where peace lives and where where the fight for peace is, right? And, you know, as I've heard you talk about peace, you know, we know that the peace resides in the human soul, right? That's that's where it is. And talk to us a little bit, like, or let, let's, talk, let's talk about this. First of all, before we even ask, how is our soul? That's the big question, right? That's a big question we're going to ask. How is our soul? Let's talk about what our soul is, right? I think, I think a lot of times um, we'll call our soul like it's, it's our feels or it's, it's a vibe or whatever, but um, it's a little bit deeper than that, right? Oh, it's way deeper. Your soul is the combination of your heart and your mind. I call it your true self. Right. It's right, who you are. Right. It's your convictions, your beliefs, your passions. Your mindsets, not a thought, but your way of thinking. It's what defines you. It's, it's what sets the course of your life. It's not a mood or something that can be determined based just on a situation. Uh, it's, it's who you are. It's this is me. This is who I am. This is what I believe. This is where I'm going. These are my passions. And because your soul carries so much weight, right? So from your soul, you will decide, you will move, you will go forward, you will believe, you will act, you will respond to people and things based on the condition of your soul. Absolutely. And so I put this at the beginning of the book because from your soul determines the course of your life. That's where everything goes. I was about to say that, right? That's Proverbs 4, right? right? That wherever... Guard your, guard your soul, right. guard your heart. So let's, let's just give some basic Bible, like 101, right? So whenever the Bible talks about your soul, your mind, your heart, it's talking about the same thing, the, right. the same, like the locus of oh, who absolutely. you really are, absolutely. right? Okay, so then if, if the Bible takes time to tell us that we've got to guard our soul, we've got to protect our soul, we've got to protect our heart, then that means that there's like, there's gonna, there are elements, dynamics that are actually aiming to damage, to hurt, to take oh, from. I mean, because because that's what guarding is, right? Right. You're guarding it because you've got to protect against toxicity. Yeah. You've got to protect against unhealthy belief systems and convictions that are going to pollute or damage your soul. And if they pollute your soul, then they will pollute your life. If they damage your soul, they'll damage your life. Whatever comes into your soul will come out in your choices, your behavior, your words, and of course, then you'll bear the consequences of those actions. However, you can also have a healthy soul. And if you're aware of it, you can have a prosperous soul. And that's what uh, the amazing uh, apostle named John wrote in, in 1 John. He said, I pray that you prosper and be in health. So he says, God says, I want you to prosper and be in health, which is what peace is, right? Peace is health, welfare, prosperity. So John says, I pray that you have peace, even as your soul prospers. So your soul will be a major deciding factor of peace being in your life. 
health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. And of course, the healthier your life is, the, the more your life is in welfare, the more prosperous it is, and the more good things that are coming into your life, you will have a, a sense of tranquility within your heart and mind, which of course is also what peace is. So the more you allow your soul to prosper, to be good, to be healthy, to have welfare within it, the peace that you've been missing or could potentially miss in the future will stay uh, active within your soul. And of course, from peace, a sense of peace, a place of rest, a sense of health, you'll make decisions, you'll go forward. It'll be evident in your workflow, in your marriage, 100%. with your kids, everything you do. with your friends, everything. everything. You do, right, because your soul drives everything. It drives it. Right. So now the issue, the issue here is this, that um, you wouldn't have written a book called The Missing Peace if we weren't missing peace, right? right. <laughs> and so if we're missing peace, that probably means that a great majority of us, uh, whether we're aware of it or not, have a soul that's at the very least tired, burdened, right. maybe jaded, cynical, right. a little bit hurt and wounded. Hard. Um, so then that would, that would, that makes me think, man, like, like these, these statements, dude, or like just these, these thoughts that culture throws out, like, hey, just follow your heart. Or what's your heart telling you? Right? <laughs> right. Like, like I think that that's probably some of the biggest mistakes we who, can make, right? Who, like, who you are is okay. You know, like, right. um, and to, to me, like, thinking about this, protecting our heart and making sure that our heart is in the right condition and under the right influence is so, so key. The Old Testament says it this way, that um, a man's heart is wicked above all things, right? right. Now, that sounds really harsh, right, yeah. dude? Like, you know, and... But you got to understand what that word wicked means, right? That word wicked means having an opinionated spirit, right? It, having an, opinion, an opinionated spirit that essentially leads to destruction. And a lot of times, that's, that's what we're led by, though, aren't we? Like, we're, we're, bed, we're led by, in our heart, when we follow our heart. Hey, just follow your heart. Well, what if my heart's jacked up, dude? Right. Like, what, what if it's going to destroy your life? Yeah, totally, right? right? Um, and so the truth is, I can't, then I can't, completely trust my heart and I can't just completely listen to my heart because if I'm under the wrong influence my heart's going to tell me what I'm feeling right it's going to just reiterate the play-by-play the, the play of the trauma or the play-by-play play of the thing that that made me angry or wh whatever put, puts our heart in a bad condition right, and right? I, I think this is such an important point because you may be justified in how you feel but how you feel may not be healthy for your future. So I think a lot of what society is saying is don't apologize for being justified in how you feel. What they don't then say is, but how you feel might not be healthy long-term. And that's where the Bible continues in the teaching. The Bible doesn't tell you to not be justified in how you feel. If someone stabbed you in the back, you're going to be hurt. You're going to be, to the you're gonna be angry. That you're, sucks. You're yeah. going to be frustrated. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. If tragedy strikes your family, you're going to be brokenhearted. You're going to feel devastated. If, if you go through a painful divorce, there's going to be a sense of heartbreak. And that is totally acceptable and justifiable within your soul. But allowing your soul to stay in devastation, to stay in disappointment, allowing your anger to turn to wrath, your, your frustration to turn to, to vengeance is not going to ever produce good in your future. Okay, so let, let, me hear, let me make sure I'm hearing you correctly, right? So then 
you're not saying the feelings are wrong. No, right? of course right. not. Okay. Now, sometimes so, they are. I mean, you might right, have if, a wrong perception of things or a wrong okay. perspective on things. But you do. But we have feelings. Of course. And feelings are going to happen. And they're going to happen. We're all going to get our feelings hurt at some point, right? Right. Okay. Um, so having the feelings is not the problem. Let me say it this way then. Having the feelings is not the problem, but the feelings having you. That's the problem. Is the problem. Right. Right? Um, I think Paul said it this way, right? Be angry. And right? sin not. But don't sin. Right. Right? Which is like surprise. Like that surprises a lot of people. Like I thought Jesus was like all about love and peace. Oh, and like, please. Jesus right? got angry Jesus was a savage, dude. Right. Like, I mean, he know, was like, an intense man. <laughs> but <laughs> Paul got angry. Peter got angry. All of them. All of them got angry. But the caveat there is don't sin. Don't sin. Don't be separated from God's right. best. Control your anger. For your life. Okay. So then I think in, in the panorama of whether I'm going to be driven by my feelings or I'm going to allow the missing peace to enter my life, right. I'm going to allow peace to guide me, then would, would you agree, man, that like then it can become like this? My feelings can be an explanation for or, or what happened to me can right. explain why I'm feeling what I'm right. feeling. It's your guide. There we go, right. right? So my feelings can be, a, can be a gauge, right? It explains why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. It tells me, hey, look, you know what? What people did to you, that sucks. Wasn't right. Your mom wasn't right. right. I know I'm not the only one with mom issues, all right? So we're just <laughs> right like, <laughs> or whoever it is, right? We're all humans. We all have, we all have the right. situation. Um, the, the feelings can explain, but they should not define, right? right? The perception of pain, the perception of anger, the perception of I was betrayed. Um, let, before we even get into just how peace can come in and take our perception and give us the right perspective, let's talk a little bit about um, just in, in our day-to-day what that looks like for us, right? Like what, what does it like look like for you? Because you're an intense dude. Yeah. Right? Like you are. You're like, I know you very well. I work really closely with you. We're, we're together almost all, all day, every day, right? right? Um, so let me ask you this question. How do you know that like you're about to, like, like you're about to get into your feelings, that you're headed that way and that your soul has got like some, a little bit, a little bit of something brewing in there? Yeah, I, I think I've become very accustomed to it over the course of time. I used to have real temper issues and I would lose my temper a lot and I learned as I, as I grew that I had to take control of myself. A major theme in this book is that you are the only person who can control you. Nothing and no one should be allowed to have authority over your emotions, over your mindset, over your soul. That's great. You are in control of yourself. God can't control you. The, The devil can't control you. Your spouse can't control you. Your boss can't control you. Nobody controls your soul other than you. And that is a major theme in these chapters within this book is that you have to take control of yourself and you must be able to gauge your emotions. Kind of like when you're driving and your gas tank starts to get empty and you have the gauge to tell you it's time to fill up or no, you're good for a while. But you have to be your own gauge of, I am way too angry for this. I'm way too frustrated. And also just be aware of, okay, I feel this way, but long-term, this isn't going to work out for me. And it's, it's a danger to allow negative emotions within your soul, negative ways of thinking, negative convi- convictions to become your identity and ultimately become your excuse from fulfilling the life God wants you to yeah, live. Absolutely. 
and you've, you've just have to be aware and you have to ask yourself, is this going to produce me good for me? Is this going to, if I stay in this devastation of the tragedy that came in my family, is this going to help me to be happy in the next 20 years? Now, again, you may be completely justified totally. Totally. in how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that person lied to you and it cost you. Okay. But how long are you going to not trust other people because of what this person did? Right? I, I met with a girl, a, a couple one time, and uh, they've since moved from El Paso. And they came to me and the, they were having marital problems. And I said, okay, so, so what's going on? And the man went on to explain to me that uh, his wife would question him about everywhere he went and call him constantly, text him like crazy. And he had a job where he wasn't allowed to have his phone. And so he could only respond when he was on his lunch break and after storm. work. So I asked her, I said, well, what's the deal? I mean, has he ever cheated on you? Have you ever found inappropriate messages? Have you seen him flirting with someone? She said, no, 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 never any of that. And I said, well, I just don't understand why your behavior is this way, why you don't trust him. And she, says, she said, well, I just have trust issues. So she went on to explain that in college, a person that she was in love with cheated on her. So she never dealt with the trust issue from 10, 12 years ago, and now was projecting it onto her husband who never gave her any reason to not trust him. Right. Right. And was on the brink of destroying her marriage to a really wonderful godly man who had an amazing job, an amazing career, was providing for them in their household, was fantastic and was madly in love with her. But because she never dealt with a justified emotion within her soul and never allowed herself to heal from that, she was now causing damage years later because that trust issue of brokenness and betrayal, it stayed within it her. Now she was justified, but it, it was not justified to stay with her that long. Right. Well, the truth is life, life is unfair. Life is confusing. It happens. It's challenging. Right. And the truth is we all have feelings and we've all had moments that explain why we feel the way we feel. But the truth is in those moments, we don't have to be defined by that. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jared about how finding peace in our life can give us the right perspective and define the right direction for our lives so that we don't have to live in our feelings. We can live in God's peace. All right, Jared, so we're talking about being all in our feelings, the battle for <laughs> our soul. You know, the truth is like, man, like the, the battle for our soul really isn't all that like massive or that like, right. it, it's not this big giant, like I'm devastated. It really is like, man, I'm in my feelings. Right. Like my feelings have control of me. I'm, I'm more reactive than I'm responsive. I'm more instinct than I'm intentional. And you know, we, we were talking about earlier that, you know, the feelings aren't the problem. Being driven by your feelings. Being ruled by them. Being yeah. ruled by them. That's a good word right there. Man, how often do we know people who are just completely governed and they're held hostage 
by feelings, right? Um, and so the good news is- I love is, how people say, well, I just can't control it. It's like, yes, you do. You control it all the time. All the time. You just don't control it when you don't want to or when you don't respect the people well, around then let, you. Well, you know, let, let, let's, let's park it there for a second, all right? <laughs> let's, let's, let's bless some people, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <clears throat> I, I, remember, I remember in my, um, in my earlier years of marriage, it was like around year four or five, um, not going to go into the whole story, but Diana had Diana and I—that's my wife's name—but um, Diana and I had just some 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 issues, and I was the guy who was like, "Oh man, no, Diana just knows how to push my buttons and blah right. blah blah," right? And the the. The counsel that we sought and the, and the person that spoke into my life was like, nah, Cruz, it's not that you can't, you won't. And, and what you just said right now was, dude, you control it all the time at work. Right. You control it all the time at Walmart. Right. You control it while On you're driving, right? right? What happens is you don't control it where you'll get away with it until you won't. And it's so sad that you, that you respect the, the person at Walmart that's driving you nuts because they're paying with nickels and dimes more than you do your wife right? The good news is we don't have to live prisoners to our feelings, right? We can be freed by the peace of God, right? And I, I, I love that you map it out that way, Jared, in the book, that the peace of God can come in and govern our hearts yeah. and lead our hearts. And we were just talking a, a couple seconds ago how he really does do that. You know, Psalm 23 says that he leads you besides still waters, still waters, right? Like he wants, he wants to carry you um, into, into still waters. And so let's talk a little bit about what guarding our heart looks like um, and how the peace of God plays into that. You know, um, one, one of the points that you make in the book when you say, look, this is, this is how you push back. This is how you fight back. If, if there is going to be crying in your life, make sure you cry out to God. Right. Well, the way we look at it is we, we cry out to God through prayer. Through prayer. Right? So yeah. how do prayer and peace work together? Well, that's the first, in, in the great chapter on peace, which is Philippians 4, which is where this book is written out, out of, the first thing God says after talking about being anxious, which is it, it, when you study that word anxious, it encompasses worry and stress, sure. anxiety, yeah. Yeah. even into depression. So he says, be anxious for nothing. Instead, pray. About everything. About everything. Yeah. And he says, let your worries, your, your petitions, your concerns be made known to God. We see all throughout the book of Psalms from, from the psalmist and mostly from King David is a lot of trouble being present in his life. He was always under attack, sometimes from enemies. Sometimes it was trouble he created. He was his own worst enemy. And yeah. the one beautiful thing about David, though, is when he, when he was tormented, he always cried out to God. He would talk to God. And I think that prayer so often is one of the most underutilized uh, gifts that God gave us. I think, unfortunately, prayer has been trivialized. It has been turned into ritualistic That's behavior it, yeah. Yeah. where it's just vain repetition of a certain thing. And if you say this 50 times, you'll be okay. Um, or it has been made to believe that if you don't have a great depth in the word of God, that you can't pray, that only a certain group of very religious, you know, Bible school or priests or pastors can really pray. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, come to the throne of grace, that's come beautiful. to me, ask yeah. and you will receive, seek and you will find, yeah. knock and I'll answer, yeah. Jesus says. Yeah. And he, so he says, when you have trouble, when anxiety comes into your life, come to me. Yeah, let that be the place where your prayers are formed, right? right? Don't yeah. run to the problem, don't run to the yeah. person, come to yeah. me 
and I'll give you peace. Yeah. Uh, David says you, he, he had a time in his life where he's fully depressed. I mean, he is depressed. And that is the only way you can describe it. He's fallen into a depression. He's paranoid. He thinks the whole world is against him. He says that everybody has abandoned him, even though there was 300 or so people with him. But he, he describes as everybody. But that is the voice of depression. Isn't that crazy? How like, Everybody's how, against me. How that drives perception. Per- right. right. How you just get so narrow focused. You get tunnel vision, myopic. Right. Right? right, on just this one little problem, and you can't pick your head up and see like, dude, there's so many more people that are for you right. than are against you. There's so much that's still good in your life. And even the thought that people are against you, everybody's against you. No, they're not. They're, they're too wrapped up in their own issues. Right. Right. To, they're not, I mean, honestly, like sometimes I think we flatter ourselves that everybody's thinking about us. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're, not. They're, they're thinking about their own job, their own family, their own career, their own worries, right? Like, so David says in that story, after he pours out his depression, he then cries out to God and he says, God, I come to you with my supplication, which is prayer, for I know you won't leave my soul in death. So he's describing his soul in death, but he says, God, don't leave me there. And that's where what you said is so important that God leads us to still waters. He leads us to life. He leads us to peace. When we call out to God, the, in Philippians 4, verse 7, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will come up. It will arise to guard your heart and so mind. Let, let's, let's, let's hover around that a little bit because that is Philippians 4, 6 through 8. That is one of the like, paramount scriptures on experiencing the peace of God. Right. And it's almost, it's almost like the, uh, the equation right? Okay. Be anxious for nothing. You're good. You're going to have anxiety. Instead, with, with prayer and supplication, let your needs be made known. But then he says it this way. And I think this is a good template for, for prayer. For some of us who may not know how to pray, who aren't professional Christians right. like me and you, right? Um, he says, give thanks for what he's done and then ask him for what you need. Right. You know, like, like to, to me, that's, that's all about the right perspective, right? Because a lot of times, if I'm just being honest with you, bro, like there are times where like, I'll get like super just emo with God. Like I just super <laughs> just like, oh, just kind of like what you said about David, like, oh my God, like my kids, oh my wife, oh my money, oh my body, all about, you know, whatever, right? Um, but in that moment, Paul is saying, look, get your perspective right. Leave your perception. Yeah, but you know, it's a hard time. Leave your perception, but get your perspective right. Give thanks. When I, I give thanks, I remember what he did. Right. And when I remember what God did, it fuels my expectation for what he could do based off what he did, right? right? And so when we do that, then that hinge happens that you just said, then the peace of God. Right. That's, isn't that interesting? When our perspective gets right, then the peace of God mounts up, guards our heart and our minds. I, I think, again, pr- prayer has been so trivialized. To me, I view it just like this. Say I had an issue and I want to talk to you about it. So I called you up, hey, Cruz, can you meet me for lunch? So we go to lunch. I say, hey, man, thanks so much. You're a good friend. Here's what I want to talk to you about. And so we talk, and you give me some good counsel, and I feel better about the situation. Well, prayer to God is like talking to your friend, but with perfect results. That's awesome. With Dude, way so better good. results. So it's, I, I view it like this. It's not complicated to pray. Lord, I thank you that you're good. You're the Prince of Peace. And you see what's going on in my life. I'm broken right now. I'm hurting. You know that this person betrayed me. I'm hurting. I need your help. 
Uh, that you don't have to be able to quote 48 scriptures and, you know, out of the Old Testament, the New Testament, understand everything uh, that all the different names of Jesus mean. And I, I think that's, that's become a barrier to people. Absolutely. And it holds them back. Well, I think but what happens that is... Would, that would mean that only theologians could pray, <laughs> but that's not the truth. Jesus said, yeah. anyone that comes to me, I will you. not reject yeah. them. It, so he sits in on the throne of grace, waiting for us to come to him, ready and able to help us. And it's just as simple as, God, you're good, and I need some of your goodness. That's awesome, man. I mean, I've That's had awesome. prayers in my life where I'm like, God, I don't even know what to say. So let me ask you a question that, <laughs> like, about, about that right now, because as I'm hearing you talk about this, dude, it's, it's, it's a lot like... Um, just be honest. We talked about in the, in, in the first in, in the first episode. Just hey, this works best when you're just honest, and prayer works best when I approach God with, to be honest, not to try to impress God, right? But to be but to be honest with Him. Do you still have moments right now in your life at this point in your life, at the, having accomplished what you've done, growing as much as you've grown? Do you still have those moments where you're just like, Lord, I I don't know how to pray about this. I'm just being honest with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember during the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, you know, as the leader and pastor of a church where, uh, you know, we got shut down and then we had hundreds of people in our church who were, were getting infected. I mean, you and I did so many funerals of people, uh, the overwhelming devastation that was in society and not only COVID, but then depression, anxiety, financial pressure hit people. We didn't know what, what was happening with businesses. I mean, people were going bankrupt all over the place. And I mean, there was times where I'd be like, God, I have no idea what to do. Like, <laughs> I have no wow. idea how to handle this situation. Lord, I, I don't even know how to talk to my, my team. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know. I remember you and I handled a situation where a woman's husband died and you actually had to help her tell the teenage children that the, the husband had passed away. And then I did the memorial service. I remember sitting in my car and I told the Lord out loud, Lord, you got to do this. 100%. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how to do this. Like, I know how to do a funeral. I mean, I know the, the steps, right? But I just didn't know how to do that. But then he did it. He showed up. Like, you know, yeah. there's an amazing scripture where Jesus tells the disciples, you're going to be in situations where you don't know what to say, and I'm going to give you the words to say it. And I just think that when you trust God, when you call out to God, instead of calling out to problems or calling out to emotions, calling out to, to your feelings, calling out to issues, when you turn to God instead, right, he does respond back to you and he helps you. He strengthens you. A lot of times we lose sight that he did it though. Right. So right. we're forced to face a situation. The situation happens. We deal with it. We call out to God. We deal with it. And then we forget, oh, God got us through that. He gave me those words. He helped me solve that problem. He helped me overcome that. I thought I was weak, but I was actually stronger than I thought I was. Right. And right. wow, look, me and my family got through this. We, we survived what we thought was going to tear us apart. But all of that is allowing the peace of God to come into our hearts, to come into our minds, to take control of our emotions and our soul. Absolutely. We have to control them. 
and the peace of God, health, welfare, prosperity, and good. Health, welfare, prosperity, and good. That's the gauge. Is this emotion in my soul going to produce something good? Is my behavior that I'm planning on responding, is that going to do good? Is that going to do good? Is my planned response to my spouse going to do good for my marriage here? Well, what what happens is we we don't often stop enough. Right. Right. And we, we often don't do exactly what, what you said, what the scripture says. We don't guard. We right. don't, we don't we check. Don't we don't filter. We don't right? take control. Right. We allow the situation, right. the feeling, the emotion, the anger, the frustration to control us. And it determines the behavior and the response. Right. You know, as, as, we're, as we're coming to an end on this episode, um, first of all, do yourself a favor. Read Philippians 4. Right. <laughs> 100% all of it. Um, <laughs> the whole chapter is amazing. But, but as, as Paul's resolving his thought on peace, verse 8, I love what it says in the message version. It says, and you'll do best. Best at what? At keeping the peace. Right. You'll do best when you do these things, when you focus on the good and not the bad, right. on the beautiful, not the ugly. Find things to bless, not things to curse. Right. And then the writer of the message paraphrase, he says, and then you'll find yourself in the middle of God's perfect harmony for your life, right? That's the goal of, of peace, that I come and I align and I'm being led and directed by God's peace and not by, by my feelings. Now, before we go, Jared, I was, I was hoping you would do something for us. Um, you know, I don't do it every day, but a couple times a week, I do guided prayers, Right, yeah. and someone just helps me. Like I'm, I'm different apps and stuff, and someone just comes in and just and just prays and kind of kind of helps me pray um, a prayer. Right? Would you take a moment and just like do a guided prayer for for everyone who's watching or listening today, um, and just kind of walk us through what what a prayer of depending on Jesus, inviting God's peace, and aligning our soul to that. Like, yeah, would, you, would you get us on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Listen, if you're watching or listening, this will be one of the most simple prayers you can ever pray. And I pray it all the time. It sounds like this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are and what you do. Father, my soul is in trouble right now and I need your peace. Give me your peace to help me to respond to the situation correctly with health, with welfare, and with prosperity. Allow your peace to enter me right now, Lord, and guard my mind and guard my heart and lead me somewhere good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was so good, man. (laughs) Hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in today. I know this was good. You know, I know this was good. And we're just believing that God's peace is alive in you and in your family. Hey, listen, next step, do yourself a favor. Go to jaredneeman.com slash the missing piece and pre-order his book. What we were talking about today was found in chapter three. And Jared actually gives us a couple more steps on how to trust God, crying out to God, turning to God, um, that'll really, really teach you how to guard your heart. And just because trouble came to your heart doesn't mean it has to rule your heart. The peace of God will rule that. And so until next time, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're believing that you'll find the missing peace and live that in your day to day. We'll see you next time.